Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Boom! Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That is Jason over there. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We're live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America of the Great Reset Agenda 2030 and everything in between from the COVID bioweapon to the vaccine bioweapon to the... uh, the NFL players dropping dead on the field were close. Well, he was dropped dead on field, but they brought him back to life to just absolute absurdity. But there's one thing I can tell you is that the narrative, their narrative is falling apart. It's out of control. It's definitely out of control. Jay, what's up, man? Josh, what's happening, buddy? You know, I was going to call you today and then you texted me. And you're like, you want to come on the show? And I was like, actually, I think I do. You know, it, it's... I don't know. You know, I th- I always think back if like dad was alive and mm-hmm. um and what he would be thinking of these times, you know? Because I don't think he ever thought we would see this. Um it, you know, I went into a store to buy some electrical stuff and it's a small little electrical su- supply company that's right around me. And they've been in business for 75 years. And when when you walk in, the old man that's, you know, his him and his son are there. Mm-hmm. The old man's got a Trump hat on, just blatantly Trump, man. And um, we get to talking, and I was like, "Listen, do you do you listen to WYSL ten forty? He's like, "I don't listen to the radio, but I listen to ten forty. And I was like, "You know, do you listen around noon?" He's like, "Yeah, I like that guy." And I started to laugh. Well, you know, next thing you know, we're just having a full on conversation. You know, and if it was if it was up to us three in that store at that time, um. You know, we would have uh, been running down the street with pitchforks, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it's really, really telling to see. I got to do that. So it's really, really interesting to see what's happening. You know, I had sent a text out last night. I think I said, was this the shot heard and seen around this around the world? Because it really, really was, you know, and there's people I mean, there's people out there that are like, oh, you know, don't make this political. Don't do this. Don't do that. Well, you know what side that's coming from? The side whose agenda this doesn't fit. Because they make shit political all the time. They're the ones that are always, you know, taking a mountain out of the molehill. But then I saw some really interesting things. You know, um, the Washington Capitals hockey game. They're, you know, they're playing the, they got the blue, red, and white up. And, you know, they're putting something up in honor of this guy. Um, all these other stadiums have got lights up and everything else. And I'm thinking, when the F has the NFL really cared about <laughs> players getting hurt like this? No, right. all seriousness, this guy was, you know, his heart stopped on the field. I get that. I understand. Um, I understand the big picture of this. I get it. It was traumatic for people. I mean, my wife was upset about it and everything else. But let's go back into the NFL history and think about, like, big injuries, right? You had Joe Theismann's, uh, you had Joe Theismann's leg break, right? Now, people are like, oh, it's just a broken leg. Well, well, is it? One, it was a compound fracture. That thing busted through the skin. He was on the field. I'm sorry. I tried to put my phone on vibrate. He was on the field for, like, 45 minutes when that all happened. 
But then let's just go up to like nine, the, the 90s when the Jets player ran into another player. Like two guys went to go tackle mm. some dude and they ran into each other and the one dude broke his neck. Yep. He died on the field too. They did resuscitation. They stabilized him. They rushed him to the hospital, right? None of these things that are happening now happened then. So I had asked on Twitter and I said, what is the difference between like these four injuries? Because there's, you know, four injuries of comparison, if you will. Three of them were broken backs, two broken necks, and then the Thiesman injury. And the difference is, one, is the internet, and two, social media. Those are really the big two differences, right? And I thought to myself, like, why did the NFL cancel the game? Well, now it sounds like it's coming out that the NFL didn't cancel the game. The coaches canceled the game. I don't know if you've heard this. Oh, really? The coaches canceled the game. So now let's also think about the reaction of the NFL players, right? Like, once again, I understand the seriousness of what happened on that field. And I think they did, too. In a different perspective, though. You got it. Yep. And nobody's looking at this and nobody's saying this. And maybe because they're afraid to. But you got to wake up. These guys knew what happened. These guys were crying because they know that could have been them because of you know what. The Fauci ouchie, the vaccine, the jabby jab yeah. jab, the, the bio gotcha. weapon. Yep. Yep. You don't think that they don't know soccer players have been dropping dead? You don't think that they've heard about other people dropping dead of cardiac arrest? You don't think that they've had family members that could have experienced this? Right. You know what I mean? At some point, there's locker room talks. Somebody's got to be saying it. What's up? Well, how about all the unvaccinated players that were brought back in December? Yeah. You know they're speaking out. Yeah, Beasley was let go from the Bills because of the clot shot because he wouldn't get it. Then he went on. He went to play for Tampa Bay. Then he went on wave. Then he went basically retired. Now they brought him back. Hmm. You know, and they fined Beasley a hundred thousand dollars, bro, because he wouldn't get it. You know, one Beasley gets a standing ovation, in my opinion, for standing up what he just thought was morally right for himself. Yeah. Good for you. It cost you a hundred thousand bucks, and I don't think he's a high played player. So a hundred grand. He's going to be when there's no more in his position left. <laughs> yep. You need to start to. I mean, people really need to start to think about this. And it's it's an interesting time. Like that shook people, man. Yeah. People are like, oh, that's from the hit. First, first they all were saying, oh, it was traumatic hinder injury. Then all of a sudden, the shot went to the chest. Well, they're saying it's Camacho Cortis, which is blunt force impact with a small, dense object to the center of the chest, right between heartbeats. Now, Dr. Peter McCullough actually came out and said, no, I've seen Camacho Cortis. This is incredibly rare, and this does not fit that sequence. He goes, if you look at the tackle, yes, there's an impact there with the chest, but if you watch the helmet, the helmet's on the left side, the, the, the other shoulder pad is under the right. Dude. You and I played football. Yeah. Right? That He went in there as a safety. He was a little high on his tackle, but that was because he was even even shouldered with the guy he ran into. But the tackle was perfect, man. He had one helmet, helmet here, shoulder pad here. He grabbed, tucked, and rolled, used the inertia to bring him down. The impact was mitigated by his tuck and roll. And Dr. Peter McCullough, 
expert cardiologist, world-renowned, said that that could not have happened through Camacho uh, Cortis. Just doesn't work. Right. But then you get the Twitter bugs, right? We're all out there. I'm a physician, and I believe Damar Hamlin was likely suffering from Camacho Cortis. And it's just boom, 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 boom. And here's the thing. You're a physician, and you believe. You, you have not seen his charts. You have not been in the hospital with him. Why are you even coming out saying that? But then, yeah. so the guy says this. He goes, I, I'm a physician. I believe Damar Hamlin was likely suffering from Camacho Cortis, where the blow to the chest at the precise moment the electrical cycle stops the heart. Those trying to tie this to the vaccine status to project their unscientific beliefs are terrible, horrible people. How do you know it doesn't have to do with the vaccine? You haven't seen the medical records. You haven't seen the charts. You haven't been to the hospital testing this guy. You don't know that. But they're all out there propagating this. And, and did you watch the news right afterwards? We can tell you that this was not related to the vaccine. How the fuck do you know that? Nobody knows exactly. that. Exactly. Nobody knows that at this moment. Nobody even knows what caused this issue. Right? Yeah. But what I'm saying is what is happening, and the highlight is on this 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 player, right? The reason they're doing it is they're saying, look here, not here. Mm-hmm. Don't look at what the real problem is. Look over here and support this player. And now all of a sudden the NFL is okay with kneeling and believing in God again and all of this. You know, prayers for this player. It, it It's kind of, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, people need to start calling out the NFL on this, right? So when a player drops down, it dies on the field and is resuscitated and brought back to life, then we can believe in God. That's okay. And that's okay to kneel then. Right, but you can't do that in school. But we can do it when somebody's hurt. Okay, that this makes total sense. So if somebody got hurt at school and we kneeled and prayed, which have happened at football games, by the way, mm-hmm. and those kids have gotten suspended for that. So which one is it? You know, it, people I, need to start waking up, man. Dude, and, and it, it's not well, the people are. that watch this show. Unfortunately, it's not the people that watch this show or listen to this show because they're already woke, right? But. It's uh, it's it's got me, man. This it, this whole thing has got me, and it, you know it's. And I'm sure when I say this, people are going to put in the comments about people they know that are passing away. Now, I've talked about this person on on this show before. This person lost five people in his family to wow. COVID. Okay. His mom. I, so on Friday we had a short day because we saw we did. Uh, a secret Santa for a company pick thing. He went home. He had to go to a funeral. He leaves the funeral, gets a phone call, finds out his mom is in the hospital. Guess why? Heart. Guess what she is? Vaccinated, yeah. Three times. Yep. Now, everyone, he himself is not vaccinated, but of of the five people that he lost prior to this, Three or four of them were vaccinated. You know, people are going to start to tell tell stories about, you know, what is happening. You know, people are going to start to correlate. Wait, my so-and-so had a stroke. They had a heart attack. These rates are higher than normal. You know, I saw some statistics out there about the increase in sport deaths. And people were actually, like, blasting it. And they're like, oh, you know, your sources are shit. Well, where are your sources? Yeah. Right? But like... Well, so someone actually said you need to go to the uh, the PubMed 
PubMed and look up all the sports deaths. So someone went out there and got PubMed data, brought it in, and there's a 580% increase in athlete deaths in one year. There we go. Yep. Well, yeah. I think from something like 1971 to 2007 or something or like 2020 or 2019, mm-hmm. there was like 1,400 deaths. And from 2020 to today, there's like 1,700 deaths. Yeah. What the? Something's wrong here, right? Well, here's the thing is people are beginning to wake up. I was telling everybody last night. I Well, no, I didn't tell anybody on here. I told everybody in the after chat, but I got a call yesterday from someone I know who is not politically conservative. They probably are middle line moderate, maybe lean a little left. And they're not someone I would have thought I would have this conversation with. And they asked specifically, they said, do you think what happened to that football player was because of the vaccine? And I said, well, yeah, I do. And here's why. And I started giving the statistics out. And this person's like, oh, no, like I'm vaccinated and I haven't felt right. Like I like I, I feel like I might be. And so people are seeing this. And I think really with a lot of people, Jay, it's denial. I think that we're the, a lot of the backlash that we see is denial because we were right and they would do not want to admit it. If you knew that you put this in your body, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to admit it? Do you, holy cow, maybe I'm maybe I'm susceptible to this. It's a big deal, man. And it, it like I said, you know, another guy he does uh, he does something for me. Just lost his father-in-law, right? It, you know, I'm just coming to the point where I just ask. It's, you know, obviously I say I'm so sorry, you know. I'm just out of curiosity, you know. Vaxxed, yep, vaxxed. I'll get it out of them eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't come out and say it, but I'm really good at asking questions and getting down to what I want to know. And, you know, everybody. The other thing that I'm seeing is in my area with the network that I have, is people that had cancer beat cancer getting it back uh getting it back yep yep and uh you know i had sent you a video of this kid who claims uh he was a d1 college football player had a severe knee injury i don't do you ever talk about this um, no, I didn't talk. I, there was no way to validate the video, but he, right. he claimed to be a D1 football player on his way to the NFL, got cancer, and took a, an experimental therapy, which was mRNA um, gene yep. therapy for cancer, and got exactly the same symptoms as everybody's seeing right now with myocarditis, um, heart problems, had triple bypass surgeries, got a fake heart right now. Yeah. Yep. But what he's saying is, is it was good for two years, and then... That's when all the problems and he said, just you wait, you're going to get the problems. And, and you know, the interesting thing is, is when Dr. Zelenko, uh, when Dr. Uh, uh, you know, Malone and all these guys came out and said 18 months to two years, this was a rough estimate. This wasn't set in stone. And so we've said this since that time that, hey, look, at that point in time, you're going to start seeing this. And we've seen it begin to trickle, trickle more. Trickle now. Now it's on mainstream media. I mean, it's on mainstream news. I mean, you're seeing it on Monday Night Football. You're seeing it at NBA basketball games. Um, and, it, and I said, what happens when this happens again? What happens on Saturday or Sunday night? When Sunday night, a team's playing, boom, it happens again. Or another Monday Night Football game, and it happens. Just imagine if it happens again on Monday night. 
Just just imagine another just player imagine. drops out of a heart attack. Yeah. Just imagine if it happens to a hockey player who's running down, he crosses over the center line and just bloop yep. right down on his face. Right? Or yeah. You're you're eventually gonna run out of excuses to, yep. excuses to come up with why this happened. And like you said, the narrative is falling. Now, something that I speaking of narratives, something I heard on the way home tonight on the radio was that China has an explosion of COVID cases. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that by the end of the summer, I think it was 800 million people will be infected. Okay. Dude, that's a staggering number. And so I was like, holy shit. That's one third of their population, right? Roughly. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are they? Three billion No, it's about half of their population. 800 million is about half their population. Were there a 2 billion country? They're about 1.4, 1.5 billion. Wow. So, and I was thinking to myself, well, they got a different dose of the COVID vaccine, right? Well, and then they, I was like, they got the Chinese made variant of the COVID vaccine, which I don't know if it was mRNA. Either way, doesn't this sound awfully suspicious? Well, this is what I've been saying for a few weeks is that what's going on in China is not the COVID variant. It's population control. They're systematically reducing their population. Yep. yep. And, and here's the thing is it's spreading throughout the world. But let it, you know, so I think on Rogan, they were talking about it today is on Rogan. They were talking about how um, you're getting what the hell is it, shedding mm -hmm. and the shedding is coming from the vaccinated and that this this new COVID is from the shedding. Yep. And I mean, you know, I was thinking about it. And I was like, boy, Rogan's putting it out there today. Well, you Gert Vandenbosch and uh, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, Robert Malone, it was, I think it was Peter McCullough. Gert Vandenbosch, this is the, uh, the immunologist, virologist, world-renowned expert on it, worked for the head of vaccinology for Merck, worked for Gavi, which is a Bill Gates Foundation. He was the head of vaccinology for the German government. This guy, two and a half years ago on Dell Bigtree, came out and said, look, <clears throat> this thing has antibody-dependent enhancements. This is not good. We need to stop giving this vaccine to people. He's the one that said that initially you're going to see is 18 to, 18 to 24 months after you give people this vaccine, what's going to happen is they're going to build up antibody-dependent enhancements, which basically is it beefs up your immune system only for that one variant that it was programmed for. And then everything else, even the common cold or flu, seeps right through that protection and your immune system basically becomes degraded because of this enhancement. And he said, this is, this is your warning sign. What it's going to do is it's going to allow new variants that are much stronger and much more powerful to evolve out that are going to affect everybody. And I just saw today, the WHO has warned of a new variant. I think it's like AAC.1A or something like this. That is the most contagious variant of COVID they have found yet. And this is what's spreading all throughout California or uh, all throughout China. Mm -hmm. And, and then, did you hear October 23rd, 2022, what happened? <clears throat> the World Economic Forum, John Hopkins University, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation had a global exercise known as catastrophic contagion mm -hmm. of a new global pandemic. Interesting enough, it has to deal with a new virus that goes out there. Uh, it's an enterovirus that infects the gut of people and it kills 85% of children. 
I'm telling you, they're not stopping. They're going to keep on going. And the problem is, is the people who we put in leadership positions, politicians, even the ones we like, aren't doing anything about this. And this is getting to the point where I'm telling you, this is getting to the point where when all the people are pissed off and notified, there is going to be a big problem for those people in charge, especially the ones who've systematically denied us, called us conspiracy theorists, who have never even bothered to open an investigation into this. There's been very, very few. Rand Paul, very small. Uh, Ron Johnson has been the most vocal about it, calling for investigations, but getting no traction. But these other politics, I mean, this even goes to Trump. I mean, pushing the vaccine. Dude, listen, I'm telling you, there is going to be backlash like never seen before when the majority of the population wakes up to this, and it's happening right now. This is the collapse of the narrative. They cannot contain this anymore. It is the fucking... The, the 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 cat is out of the bag. The elephant has been seen in the middle of the room. It is happening, dude. You know, you sometimes wonder, or at least I do, nothing can stop what is coming. Yeah. Was actually depopulation. Well. You know, when you think about the head of the Hydra, they all agree. Yeah, people got to go. But, you know, not me, one. <laughs> and two, do we end it with socialism or capitalism? And I think the capitalist, you know, I've, I've always wondered, I, I, you know, who is it that is really behind Trump? And you know what I think? It's I think it's those small to mid-level um, business people, capitalists, that know if we go to a socialist or, uh, or a um, communist system yep system they're, they're done. done they're done and so what you have is a support of capitalist capitalism right which mm-hmm. honestly i support what i don't support is the overtaxation right like i see guys on twitter and they're like do you support a flat tax of 10 percent uh no i don't <laughs> right because the constitution says a man shall not be taxed on his labor yeah so Right. As my as far as my corporation goes or my company goes, sure, you can tax me. It's a but, support. You know, when you've got people that are benefiting from the tax laws that they write and they're not benefiting the middle class, right? What are you gonna get? You know, I, I forget what it's the do you know the uh the uh hourglass paradigm? It's a or the hourglass versus diamond. So when you have a social structure that's like a diamond, rich at the top, poor yeah. at the bottom, white at the middle class, and you squeeze the middle class so much it turns to an hourglass, so right. rich at the top, poor, basically you get a, every time that's happened throughout the history of the world, we've had revolutions. Right. Right? And so hence the inception of welfare, right? We create and keep the poor just happy enough not to revolt, Right. I mean that's the, the the concept behind welfare and welfare systems. It's uh, it's an interesting thing, and you know you got to start asking these questions because I hear a lot of talking about you know about our forefathers talking about you know I think it was was it Jefferson that said you know to keep America free you need a revolution every hundred years yeah the, the tree of liberty should be refreshed from time to time in the blood of patriots yeah. and the blood of tyrants right and you know and then 
I'm hearing people start to talk about these things. And that's a scary thing because those people weren't talking about that, um, you know, three months ago. Right. People are tired, man. People are over it. Well, dude, I mean, the cost of living. You know, I I went and bought a dozen eggs yesterday at the grocery store. Okay. And I'm walking through the grocery store. I'm like, man, everything here is incredibly expensive. And like, I get the eggs, $7.99 for cage free eggs. Mm-hmm. Like, just normal, regular, everyday eggs. Like, I don't care. They're cage free, right? Cage free. I don't want the, 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 the industrial made eggs that, you know, the chickens are in the farm eating their own shit. I don't want that stuff. I'd rather have cage free, right? Even though you're probably not getting cage free. But I like to get exactly. local. I like to get local cage free. So my old house in in Colorado, um, my neighbor Kitty Corner. So down the street, Kitty Corner, he had a uh, a farm. I mean, they had maybe a few hundred chickens. They had some goats, but everything was outside, running around everywhere. And they provided eggs to the local grocery stores. So that's the eggs I would buy. I mean. It's a no-brainer for me, right? Because they were better. Dude, the eggs were way bigger. They're way more nutrient-dense. Um, I mean, you still had a little bit of the blood in the egg next to the yolk, right? I mean, dude, that that's a real egg. But now I go yeah. and I'm getting these, like, small little eggs, like this big for $7.99 called cage-free. And I'm like, uh, what the hell's going on? I looked at the meat, and I'm like, not even worth it. Not even going to touch it. Yeah. You know, like, we sell our eggs here. So one, you know, speaking of eggs, we sell our eggs for $4 right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, like, it's winter, man. When we first had chickens, our chickens never produced in the winter. But our chickens are, one, really well-kept. Two, they're really well-fed. Um, you know, like, really, really well-fed. Not in the sense of, like, you know, store-bought food, but more of our homegrown food, mm-hmm. you know, our table scraps. You know, whatever it is, Melissa makes these contraptions and gives it to them. And, dude, we're getting the biggest eggs we've ever got. We have 18 egg layers, and we're getting about a, Right now, we're still getting about a, six to eight eggs a day, which is fantastic considering that chickens pretty much will stop producing at this time of the year. I mean, they'll lay eggs, but not like this. Never have we had it like this. And so... You know, I think one of the best things I ever did was started to become self-sufficient mm-hmm. and to really like, I, so if you guys have, I've had some really bad back problems. Do you got a okay? cock to fertilize those eggs? <laughs> I do. I have, well, we have four or five roosters too. Nice. And uh, so, yes, we do. So I was experiencing really bad back problems and my hips and, um, and so I was like, Melissa, you got to make me a, chi- a chiropractor appointment. So she's like, you know, the guy down the road does it. He does it out of his house because he, you know, when he's not in Buffalo where he does it. So I went to him yesterday, man. Right. Mm-hmm. And this guy's a lot like us. He's a freedom guy. He hates the system, hates Western medicine. And so he's like, I'm actually not a bone cracker. And I'm like, what? Like, I've never heard about a chiropractor. That's not a bone Did he say cracker. he was a country chiropractor? <laughs> no, he didn't. But so I, I got to tell you the story. So he's like, basically, I use this tool and he's like, it is has a frequency the same as the human body. And he like pulls the trigger and it's like, you know, something like about this long and it's just goes like that. And I'm like, ah, I'm totally wasting my freaking money. 
So he goes through this whole thing, asks me if I've ever had a traumatic injury that might have screwed me up. So, anyways, he's checking me out. And he's like, "All right, your two back, your two spines are twisted. Your hips are doing this." He comes in and he just kind of like hits me four or five times on my hip, hits me in my spine a couple of times, hits me in the front of my my pelvis area. I get up and I'm like, "Holy shit! I feel so much better. Like I can literally bend over and put my sneakers on and shit." That's how bad it was. So, I'm like, "Holy shit! This this worked pretty good." He's like, you're going to get really, really sore tonight. He's like, and then you got to heal. He's like, we've broken up all the scar tissue and everything around your hips. So, but one of the things we talked about was Western medicine. And in mm-hmm. this, so, you know, this guy's obviously a doctor and he is like, Western medicine is horrible for you. And we just start going into it. And, you know, we just had this great conversation And this is what, you know, this is where we're leaning towards is more holistic. Yeah. Holistic curing. And, you know, people are like, oh, this is kooky. Bro, it's not. Like, what that guy did was, you know, granted he used a tool, but he never gave me medicine. He didn't tell me to take anything. He's like, let your body do what it does. You know, your body's going to fix and correct this problem. And then you're going to come in, and then we're going to tweak it a little bit more. But, you know, I've never been a big medicine guy, you know. Um, one, because... You know, I definitely don't want to be addicted to painkillers, you know? Yeah. Uh, I've seen what that shit does. And so I, I don't even really take ibuprofen and stuff like that. I just kind of deal with my pain, you know? Me too. And, do you? Yeah, I've, I've had – actually, I've since the move and stuff like this, I've had pretty bad uh, – My I screwed my neck up pretty bad. Um, my, my Kind of my scapula and my shoulder, my, my muscles in my neck – um, pretty messed up, pretty bad, and uh, then that kind of pulls. You compensate, so my lower back is all messed up because of the compensation. Yeah. And I actually went to a chiropractor the other day. They did X-rays, and they were showing me my back and my neck. Like my my spine kind of goes like this a little bit because of the compensation, but my neck it should have a curve, and there's no curve. It's just straight up. So they're like, well, come on in and we'll help you reform. And I'm like, okay. And I gave them the test. I said, okay, cool. Well, how about you give me an adjustment down and help me feel better? And she went in there and used that little thing. that was plink like that, right? The little plinker thing. And she went plink and plink. And it was like three minutes. She goes, okay, you're all done. I'm like, dude, you didn't help me at all. That, that sucked. Like, I'm not coming back. You kidding me? Like, I'm going to go find someone else. And I'm going to tell them exactly what you just told me about my x-rays. And hopefully they can fix me. But I just started doing yoga again. I started going out there. I'm doing, like, qigong. So this is qigong exercise, everybody. You get danxian, which is kind of like just like this. Uh, it, it's uh, You kind of have your feet shoulder length apart. And you kind of just loosen up. You let everything just hang down. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you take your fist. And you take your fist. And you, what you do is you go through your lymph nodes, all your whole lymph system. And you just start hitting your whole lymph system like this. And you go through your whole body, both hands, chest, right? And you go down into your pelvic region. You go to your legs. Dude, I'm telling you, you do that. And then you do like yoga stretches. Um, you do kind of like downward dog. You go out there. You do um, cat cow, these types of things. And just in two days, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I feel so much better. And it's partly because I'm moving my spine. And guess what happens when you move your spine? Your body heals itself. Your body begins to naturally heal itself. And this is the key is that if you move, if you put the work in, your body will naturally heal itself. And also, I mean, I'm sleeping my pillow wrong. So I'm one of those people that like when you sleep on your pillow, you put your head on the edge of the pillow. 
And uh, I got corrected by a chiropractor. No. Slide that pillow to the middle of your back and your head should be on the top of the pillow and the pillow should be under your shoulder blades. I'm like, I never knew this. Oh my God, how do you sleep like this? Oh, dude, it's actually, I feel a lot better. (laughs) I couldn't sleep like, I have to sleep on my stomach. And so when I sleep, I actually sleep like I do. The, I do the same thing, arms all over the place. Dude, I'll wake up in the morning. Because we like, had small beds growing up. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I always find myself hanging off the, my feet, hanging yeah. off the bed because I pushed myself so far. But, like, Melissa's like, Jay, you move a lot when you sleep. And I'm like, no, I don't because I always wake up the way I fall asleep, which is like this. So my arms will kill me. And uh, Your arms asleep sleep. when you wake up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. I cut off the circulation of my hand all the time. Yeah. And, like, I'll wake up and I'll be like this. Like, I'm trying to get rigor mortis out of my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Dude, I I guarantee you, I bet you John and Jeremy both had the same thing. And I guarantee you it's something with genetic memory. Because you have it. Like, me and you, we knew this because we talked about this before. But, like, these are habits. Like, I don't talk to you about how you sleep and stuff, right? I never watched this sleep. And all of a sudden, we have the same exact habits. Maybe it could be a learned behavior from, you know, living up and growing up in the same household. I don't know. But that I I have to fall asleep with my arm over my eyes like this. And I always wake up, usually on top of it, my arm's asleep. Yeah. So I got a pillow for Christmas that, um, that... It's helping me a little bit, so it's like it's got reliefs in it. The problem is, is that what I really would like is a pillow that has a hole in it. So Mm. when I'm putting my head on it, I'm not putting so much pressure on my shoulder. You know, like what kind of pillows do you use? You like use my? Do you use like thick pillows, medium or small? So great question. So I have a my pillow. The problem with the my pillow is one, it's like comfy to use Mm -hmm. when. You're like, if I was watching TV or, you know, I wanted to kind of prop my head up. So like you go through, when you buy my pillow, you go through a process. They ask you all these questions yeah, and then they recommend the pillow. I wish I would have gotten a pillow that was not so thick. Right. Because I don't like thick pillows. So the pillow that I actually use is a foam pillow. Memory foam, right. Like a memory foam pillow. Yeah. And like I have like a two hundred dollar memory foam pillow that I hate. You know, this one's like a Walmart one. It's like this thick, and it's just like it's perfect. You know why? Because I roll it up. I don't use a flat pillow. I roll that sucker up, and that's what I use to prop my head up. Yeah. But, but like so, then I slide my arm through the other part. This new thing that I got, and that's been helping me. But yeah, man, it's nice to kind of hear that you have that same issue because you know Mel says like you sleep weird, and I'm like. Yeah, yeah, I get the you same sleep thing. sleep weird. <laughs> I get the same thing. Like, I, I got to sleep on my back, but I'll sometimes wake up on my side. And when I'm on my side, my arm is underneath my body and completely covered in a sleep. And I can't move it in the morning. And I'll yeah. wake up in the middle of the night because it's it's dead asleep. And, but, yeah, it, it's um, it, it's interesting because, I mean, I've had a lot of injuries throughout my life. I mean, obviously, we played very high-contact sports, martial arts football, these types of things. And then I was in the military. I got tons of injuries there. And I really, I haven't really been to a doctor since the military. After they screwed me up in the dentist's office and, and almost killed me, pff, I'm like, I'm done with Western medicine. 
And I, I've been looking, like lately, I've just been looking for new ways to do this, new ways to like holistically treat myself. And and like, you know, you, you learn like the, the great hair thing, right? Like people are like, oh, dude, you need copper. And I'm like, wait, what? Like you need copper. And I'm like, copper? What the hell are you talking about? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get some, just get a copper supplement and, and, and that'll go away. And then I start reading that if you take like um, um, the uh, colloidal copper, and you put a little bit into your hands and rub it through your hair, your gray hair will go away. What? Yeah. And I'm like sitting here going, you you got to be kidding me. Because the loss <laughs> of hair. I wore a white shirt today. <laughs> well, yeah, dude, one of the, uh, so there's a TikTok video out there that was explaining it, but I've heard this from multiple people and I'm letting, looked it up and there's actually a lot of truth to it. And the guy basically says is that your, your whole system is dependent upon these various different trace metals, copper being one of the most important because you can't, so zinc, zinc kills all these viruses, right? Mm-hmm. Your body will not uptake zinc unless you have copper in your system. And one of the primary signs of copper deficiency, grain hair. Mm. Yeah. No shit. You know, interesting you said that, like, because the goats, most is like, ah, the, the goats won't eat copper. They won't eat the copper. And I'm thinking, how do goats need copper for it, right? But they're really, um, they're really fine-tuned animal, right? They're finicky, like, You've got to look in their eyes and look at their famacha, right? Yeah. And so when you kind of start to raise animals, and Melissa could get into it way better than I do because she spent way more time with them, but, you know, they're they're finicky animals. And if they're not, if they don't have what they need to survive, they, you know, their eyes will will change color. Mm -hmm. That's called the famacha. And then you got to look inside and see the color of the famacha. And, you know, that can also direct you to how you treat that. So let's think about that for a minute. They're an animal, just like us, right? We have all these signs of things going wrong with us. We go to a doctor who should help us, right? And instead, they give us prescriptions because they don't want to fix your problem. They just want you to put you into a system of... You <laughs> they want to treat your back. symptoms and not the problem. Right. Right. And so here you go, right? Like... uh Mullen. Mullen is something that we oh, have. Oh, Mullen's awesome. You need to yeah. send me some. So we're we're talking about how we're setting up the backyard next year. And I, I know I say this and I take a lot of credit for it, but really it's Melissa. So, you know, I just do the heavy work and make it so it can happen. But, you know, Mullen, you you can literally smoke Mullen and it helps clear your lungs. Did yeah. you know this? It, it, it regenerates new mucous membranes and clears out the old ones within your lungs. So if yeah. you're a smoker, so you know who taught me this? Yeah. Our brother, Jeremy. Watch. No shit. Yeah. Jeremy. So when he was in high school and he was still playing like, I think JV football and he had smoked all spring and stuff. He would, or when he was wrestling, he'd go out and start smoking. He'd roll up a doobie of Molin. And start smoking mullen. He'd be outside, just coughing it all up. And what the hell are you doing? He goes cleaning out my lungs for wrestling season. I'm like, interesting. Never knew that. But yeah, you smoke, dude. And I've seen it on a few movies, like the dude smoking the pipe. And dude's like, what's that? He goes, mullen. Yeah. yeah. Like dandelions, you know, dandelions. If you listen to the TV, dandelions are the worst thing to have in your yard. Dandelions are an incredible weed if you will well you know what's the number one targeted weed in the in the yards with uh monsanto's and the other uh dandelions there you go yep 
all the weeds. I had this revelation the other day, and I want you, I want you to finish that, but I had this revelation the other day. When God said, I've given you everything in abundance on this planet, every fruit and seed bearing plant, what are the things that grow in abundance? Weeds. Yep. And it just so happens all these weeds are the best things for you. Yep. Frank Cook, so my, my one of my best friends, his brother's name was Frank Cook. He was a world-renowned herbologist, botanist, right? This guy never paid for college, never had a driver's license, traveled the world, got highly educated, studied with the Dogon tribe, studied with the shamans in South America, with the monks in Asia, right? And he was always about living off the weeds. He lived quite literally off the weeds. He, 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 walked, he walked up and down North Carolina, just ravaging weeds. Mm-hmm. And that's all he lived off of. And he swore by them. And see, this is the thing is we've been, we've been programmed to think that they're weeds and weeds are bad yeah, and that we must kill the yard. weeds. That's right. They make your yard look horrible. Bro, if I could, I'd take my whole front yard and make it, you know, just certain weeds. Yep. You know, like, you know. Well, you actually could. Though, you know, I could, yeah. You know, um, but. It's time to, you know, but I have them on my backyard and they just naturally grow. And so I know you guys don't, not everybody knows where I live, but I live in upstate New York. Some dude does. Uh, yeah, some dude does. <laughs> uh, in, in the Rochester, New York area. But where I live, quite honestly, there was a um, Iroquois Indian that lived, that lived within this area that I'm at. And um, it's, his name was Chief Corn Planter. And they had across the street from my house in this field, they actually had a settlement. That's where they lived uh, for a certain amount of time. And, you know, we were actually talking to a neighbor and they were kind of filling us in that, you know, all of this area where I live was native plants, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you kind of start to think about it, you know, why were they here? They were here because there was an abundance of the things they needed to sustain their life. Like literally, and those things still grow today. You know, you said something interesting too, you know, Monsanto's battle is to kill all weeds, right? The interesting thing is, is that those dandelions always come back. Yep. Right. Those, and it's, you know, it's interesting how a, a dandelion actually reproduces, right? It puts it has the little fluffy things, and then we blow them, and the seeds go everywhere. It's interesting how nature in itself defends itself by going airborne off of something that's sprayed on the ground to kill it, right? It gets away from it and repopulates over here. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Man. I, I do too. And if you, if I remember back like to our childhood. You would go walk by yards, and the only thing you would see was dandelions. You wouldn't see a lot of other weeds, but people always left the dandelions. They're always there. But, you know, you get into the HOAs, you can't find a weed in those yards, and it's sad. And maybe that's one of the reasons behind the the socialization of HOAs. Like, I live in a community right now. There's no HOA. And if I stay in this house, like, I'm, I'm going to have garden beds out back with weeds growing. Why? Because that's what I want. That's what I want to harvest. Mm-hmm. Opium, lettuce, everything. But yeah, yeah, man, it, it, it's a crazy world. And, and, you know, this is the thing is that we are everything that you've been taught, 
Everything that you've been taught about modern society is most likely bullshit. It's false. We are in a exactly. massive information war. I agree with this 100%. You know, like, you know, uh, I know I already talked about this the last time I was on, but I'm still hung up on it. You know, like how many people will jump on that gravy train and they were just like, just like, oh, we traded that girl or that basketball player for, uh, what the hell was this? Yeah, the, the Lord of War. Lord of War. And I'm thinking, why are we believing this? Why do we believe anything they say anymore? Like, as far as I'm concerned, they've lied to us since my birth, right? Nothing they've said is true because they've all been working, most of them, have all been working for the same outcome. Mm -hmm. And so nothing they say is true. You know, like, you'll hear people or if you go to a different country and people will tell you what people think, what people in that country think of Americans. They don't like us. You know what I mean? And why well one we are warmongers i don't give a shit what anybody says we are warmongers you know we push our agenda you know i was always told that when we went and we were in vietnam it was a stop to spread of communism yep. stop to spread of communism stop to everybody's spread told communism. right but then why the f are we doing so later in the 90s when we start really pumping shit into china pumping shit out of china i'm thinking to myself why are we doing business in china our whole objective from what i was told in school was to stop the spread of communism and you were literally buying from them you're not stopping the spread of anything you're you're accelerating the spread of communism right because you're funding it this made no sense to me it completely confused me as is it a, a younger adult? Well, but one thing you'll learn you know about the agenda, right? Yeah, one now thing you you'll learn about it. one thing you'll learn about Vietnam is look into the opium trade. Mm -hmm. It was all about controlling the opium trade. It was all about controlling the the Asia Peninsula, and yet ask yourself if it was about stopping the spread of communism and saving the people of Vietnam. Why were we fighting the people, the farmers of Vietnam? You weren't even fighting real soldiers at that point. You're fighting basically the same people you're fighting in Afghanistan. Roxy Dog said it. It's all about fucking money. It's all about the money, power, and control. And, and people want to live in this delusion. And guess what? I served 10 years in the military. I never fought in a combat in a war. But guess what? They were all rackets. That's what every single one of them was. Afghanistan, they wanted to control the rare earth minerals. They wanted to control the opium trade and to get the opium trade back going. Iraq, they wanted to go back in. And finish what they started with Saddam Hussein. Uh, it, the list goes on and on and on. Okay? That this has nothing to do with what you were told it was. It was actually something completely different. And this th same thing goes for a complete medical industry. Now, listen. If someone has a, a medical emergency, go to the fucking hospital, of course. Right? Modern, medic, med modern medical technology is amazing at what they can do. Right? But it's the problem is, is how they treat people in the sense of just common ailments, illness, and disease. And like we all, like my kids, uh, my kid came home with a fever from school the other day, right? And we knew ISIS was going to come home right afterwards. And, uh, you know, we had elderberry, the elderberry stuff, right? And so I started giving him elderberry, you know, gave him a little uh, acetaminophen just for the fever, but gave him elderberry. One day, good to go on him. One day, good to go on her. And I was drinking the shit the whole time. Guess what? I didn't get sick. Yep. I didn't get sick. And, and this is lives. something that grows in the backyards. Yeah. 
in abundance. It can grow in abundance. Yep. You know, I just speaking of the drug trade, because it's 100% about money, right? Money and power is I was watching this uh, short documentary. It was about more or less as uh, cops were called. Two little girls had been hit on a train, hit by a train. And so when they got there, they started investigating. And when they, you know, looked over everything, they realized the girls were actually stabbed mm-hmm. and placed in front of the train. And so they're like, well, what the hell happened, right? These kids were murdered. So they start to do the investigation. And what they find out is uh, there's this guy who's running cocaine from South America or Central America. And instead of landing and delivering his goods, he actually has drop points. And these kids just happened to be near a drop point. They dropped the shit off. They ran over to get it. And the person that came to retrieve it found these girls, stabbed them, killed them, then put them in front of the train. Yep. Well, leads to the arrest of the guy flying the plane. And they arrest him and they put him in jail or he gets yeah. out, one of the two. And, the, and he's murdered. Right? Two days later, on, two days later, on the way to his trial, yeah. murdered, murdered with whose phone in number a, in his pocket? George Bush's. George Bush's phone number in his pocket. People have to stop th- believing that they care about you, that they're doing what's best for you. They don't. They care what's best for them, their pockets, and the people that they work for. Yeah. You know, and once you understand this, it just puts you into a better position in life. So, so, so someone was asking, do we have a natural remedies section on Social Red Pill? I think we got something similar to a natural remedies section. For everybody wondering, Social Red Pill is socialredpill.com is our private social network. Uh, what we are doing, and I've already got two people who have uh, contacted me about this, um, is that we're going to do kind of a collaborative effort. If you have like a skill or something like that, canning, gardening, um, homesteading, uh, whatever it might be, even like, you know, best ways to, to kill a deer, or preserve it, whatever it might, I don't care what it is. If it's something in the sense of survival, let us now know, reach out to me. And what we're going to do is we're going to get people together on a Zoom, maybe on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and we're going to have these people go out there and present their information to you. And then we're going to record that and we're going to put that on the social red pill. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, right. Everybody loves their wives. Everybody especially like, it's amazing how, like how far we've come as far as our homestead goes. Right. Like we have, uh, we have a 16 by eight or 16 by 10 goat house. And we have another 16. You're welcome. Yeah. 10 goat house. Right. That houses, there's a small little barn that houses like our, food and 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 stuff like that and then our male goats and then our female goats we've got two different sections uh, sectioned off and then we've got a eight by eight chicken coop and then i've got like a 10 by 12 enclosure for them you know like it's just amazing like where we've come even though Mm -hmm. it's never fast enough right um but you know it's amazing what my wife has learned and the things that you know she's wicked good at it man she gets this stuff and she does a lot of information. Uh, she makes, you know, homemade soap. She makes homemade lotions, but um, she makes a lot of salves and, and oils and stuff like that. And, you know, honestly, I think we're better people for it. Not because um, because of what we're doing, but be- just simply because it's bettering ourselves, right? Yeah. It's, it's not being dependent upon anyone else other than us. Right. You know, and that's neat. You know, like I, I think if my wife had the opportunity to put a full time effort into creating her own products and product lines so she could do really well for herself, you know, where maybe even I could just pull back and just 
farm, right? But um, not really what I want. <laughs> no. Well, but it, but it's interesting because everybody here is actually people who've been here for a long time has seen this progression, where Jay was slaving to the man, working for himself, you know, working for the man, all this stuff was just trying to get on time to make it to the show, to do the show. And I remember one day you were just like, ah, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some fucking goats." Because we were all talking about, we were talking about homesteaded, we were talking about this on the show, and now look at you, boom, you're doing it. You have, you've got a barn being built. You got tons of goats, tons of chickens. You're self sufficient. You you now yeah. own your own company. You're no longer working for the man. Then there you, you go. Know what I got coming? Know what I got coming in spring? Baby goats, man. Baby goats, and like it, it's cool, like. Literally, those goats, I would say, are like almost like children to Melissa in a sense. You know, when you like they count on her, you know, when she right. goes out there, they know that she's coming to them. You'll start to hear them. You know, the boys will be like, ma, ma. <laughs> it's funny, man. Like, you know, but if you think about it, you know, they're they're her everything. They don't have food. They don't have water. They don't have anything without her. You yeah. Know? And uh, yeah, it's, it is a. You know, and that's the great, I want to back up. That's the great thing about this country at this moment is that you can do this. You can be this, you know. And I think that's the great thing about, you know, life in itself is you can be anything you want. You can be who you want to be, you know, even if that's gay, trans or whatever, you know, it's you can be that. You can do that. And you just have to put your first foot your uh, your your first foot forward, so you can achieve your goals. You know, to me, that's success. To me, that's power. To me, mm-hmm. that's love and happiness and everything else. That's how it's described to me. Other people may look at it in the monetary sense of, oh, it's money. Listen, it's not money, man. Money will never buy you happiness. The big house, the fast cars, all of that shit will not buy you happiness. Well, what, what do you think they always meant by the, the phrase fruits of your labor? This isn't about bringing money home. This was about going out there and producing for yourself and for your family. And at the end of the year, you would go back and look at your harvest. You'd go back and bring to the table this feast for your family. And this was the fruits of your labor throughout the whole right. year that your family now gets to embellish within because you work so hard. This is what it was all about. This was America. This is the foundations of what America was built on. And we need to get back to it. I honestly think that we need... Do you remember in um, Star Wars episode four, right? A New Hope. You remember when they're they're at... I think it's what... Tatooine is is Luke's home planet. They're down there, and they look like nomads. Like everybody's living. I don't even well, remember the the name of the planet. Oh. Tatooine, right? Yeah. Well, but oh, no, but look at them. Look at them. Like they they lived out in the middle of nowhere. They had they were self sufficient. They had to go out there and fend for themselves with everything. They had a farm for themselves, produced their own food. They would go into town, which was miles away, just to get things. And you start going through all these new series of of various different Star Wars, and guess what? It's all the same thing. Is everything is very, very nomadic in the sense of how people lived on these planets. Well, why is that? Because that is the natural way, the natural environment of which a human being should be living in, at least in my perspective, is that we're not meant to be 
basically smashed into these big cities neck to neck. I think that's what makes people go crazy. I think that's what produces mental illness. I think that's what destabilizes society. Yeah. Is most people are, guess what? Most people are dissatisfied with life because they've lost that thrill of going out there and, and, and providing for themselves and for their family. Not only that, as they compensated for that thrill that's inherent within our genetics with things like your phone, media, uh, television, I'm going to give you drinking, smoking. So, you know, when we were kids, right? Grandma always had a thing of shelled nuts, right? It'd be walnuts and grandpa's uh, nuts. nuts. Yeah, Yeah, she had those (laughs) too. But she always had a bowl of like walnuts, hazelnuts, almonds, right? Mm -hmm. Combination pecans, right? And so around the holidays, I always buy them. And then I have them out during the Christmas time and Thanksgiving and stuff. Well, I bought some not too long ago, and but I also bought a, like a jar of like pistachios and a, a bunch of other mixed nuts, and I find myself eating the shelled nuts more, even though it's easier to open the jar. I there's something about you know standing at your counter, you got the nutcracker, and you're cracking a nut, and you're you know you're working it out, right? Yep. You're working for your food. Now, it's not like I went out and harvested, so I you know don't bash me on this, right? But it is. It's that whole thing of like opening it up and getting to it. It's like the reward when you get when you get a crab or a lobster, right? And you've got to pop that crab leg and pull that sucker out. You know, you only get a little bit of meat, but it's rewarding. Why? Because you worked for it, man. That's what's great about it. I think, you know, I think we've been civilized by eating with our with forks and knives and stuff. But when you get down to it and you're eating crabs and, and stuff like that. You know, you're eating it with your hands. And there's something incredibly satisfying when you have to work to get something yep. into your mouth, right? And, you know, that is, uh, that's caveman-ish stuff right there. That's the hunter and gatherer in us. You know, when you have societies that give you everything, you become incredibly dependent upon it, right? Well, what as well as... What does that do to the human psyche, like you just said? What does that do to the psyche? Right. But not only that is also the other aspect of that is that those nuts contain the nutrient shell for that nut that's inside of it. And so it's preserving that it's not oxidized as it's going to be when it's roasted. Right. So you pull it out. It begins to get oxidized. You put it on a plate. You throw it into an oven. They roast it and then they throw it in that mixed nuts. When most of those mixed nuts, unless you're getting raw ones, they're at least oxidized or yeast even cooked. But when you're getting it out of that shell, you're getting that raw nut in its form with all those nutrients dense within it. And I think that's part of the reward part, right? That's part of the the reward center is that you're getting that massive flourishment of nutrients into your system after doing the work. Boom. That's what the body wants. That's what the body needs. I, I agree with you, man. Yeah. There's just something about it. So I think that's incredible. You're going to do that, especially in that network. You might even want to reach out to Melissa, see if she wants to. No, I was going to. I was going to see if Melissa yeah. wanted to get involved with that and do something with it. Um, she would be perfect. her TikToks and stuff. Oh, you has know? she? Yeah, she does a lot with the goats and stuff. She'll video them and stuff. It, um, you know, it's it's just neat, you know. it. And, you know, each one is different. They all got different personalities. And, you know, you've always got your leader of the pack, if you will, or the fight for the leader of the pack. So it's, it's a, you know, animals are cool. 
And, uh, you know, I almost think to myself sometimes, how did I live without goats? Right? Like, really? Interesting. How did I live, did I live without chickens and goats? Because even the chickens, man, I used to go out and, like, drink a beer and watch the chickens. I call it chicken TV. It was incredibly entertaining. You just throw out scratch and they go crazy, you know? Yeah. I, I know it seems so simple, but it's but it is entertaining, right? And you can have incredible conversations. You know, if you go out there and you're just with somebody, you know, the one thing that I am is definitely 100% absorbed in my phone. And uh, so it's even nice to have a little break like this where I'm not grabbing this damn thing and trying to look at it, right? right? Or popping up onto Facebook or popping up onto Twitter or popping into the network, you know? It's, it's easy to get sucked into and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I had four hours of screen time tonight. Ugh. Right? There's greater things in life. It really is. I, I feel you. Now, let, let's change gears because I, I want right. to touch on we another did, topic I, real quick. Digress from the news here. Yeah. Well, what do you think of what's happening right now in Congress? So the new Congress came in two days ago, um, two days of deliberations on a speaker. They've been unable to do it. What are your thoughts? So, we all know McCarthy backstabbed Trump. All know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been stories about it when it came down to the election. McCarthy was backdooring him. You know, Rona McDaniels backdoored him. I, I think they all just, they screwed him. And I find it incredibly difficult to understand why Trump is saying, vote for McCarthy. You know? So... I'm confused by this. Then you got somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's voting for McCarthy, right? So you have this allegiance of Trumpsters that are saying, hey, vote for McCarthy. And so what happened? What kind of backroom deal was made that this is where they're going with it? Does Trump get the 2024 nod from the Republican Party because McCarthy's the speaker? Is, you know, is McCarthy really a white hat? Did all of these things just come out and be played so the deep state or the people within the deep state thought McCarthy did what he needed to do and backdoored and backstabbed Trump? Right? I think there's a lot of unknowns right now, and you've got to just sit back and watch this happen. Because, so what if you know, Trump was behind there both was, sides? There is, there is a DeSantis angle, too. That these right. twenty standouts are DeSantis loyalists, and they want DeSantis to get the nomination. And so, you've got some angles here. So now go ahead. No, you definitely got some angles here. Now, I think that this potentially was Trump's doing. That both sides are playing Trump, or, or both sides are being played by Trump. That Trump came. So think about it. Mike Pence came out. And endorse McCarthy. Right, every which, every once again, yeah, makes no fuck. Every rhino, every Republican, everybody in the GOP, but these twenty people, are going out there for McCarthy. Even Donald Trump makes no sense. Then you get these twenty, which are Trump supporters. Matt Gaetz, uh, Lo- uh, Lauren Boebert. These are Trump loyal. These are Trump supporters. Okay, they're going against McCarthy. I mean, you even had Jim Jordan voting for McCarthy. So then you have to wonder. Even even when Getz said Jim Jordan, right? Yeah. So here's a play. This came out tonight. McCarthy leadership super PAC. 
just cut a deal to not get involved in safe open seat primaries per Punchbowl News. For many anti-McCarthy votes, this was one of the top concerns. So they were negotiating in the back end to give him the votes and he wasn't budging, but now he's budged. This deal paves the way for more MAGA candidates to win open seat primaries without facing well-funded establishment candidates. So basically, in 2024, when the election happens, okay, McCarthy basically funded candidates against Trump, against MAGA, this last election. So this is one of the reasons they say that MAGA lost so bad, um, lost is because the establishment wasn't funding them. They weren't giving them money and they were funding other candidates other than them. And so what they just did is they just brokered a deal with McCarthy to say that you can't do this, make the promise. If you do that, we'll vote for you. Right. And, and so they just black, well, they kind of like blackmailed them in Congress legally. Yeah. But what makes you think McCarthy's word is good? I mean, he was like, Hey, if they cheat Trump, we're going to go after him. Oh, they cheated. What are you talking about? Nobody cheated, right? Well, and also McCarthy met with Trump just like a month and a half ago. I get it. I think there's something going on here. I I think that there's something going on. So uh, somebody else said, what if it's all waiting about the Supreme Court on January 6th? Right. Right? And that this is just a stall game. It's all plausible. I think all three are plausible. Right. So well, it's all very, very confusing right now. I think most of those people have no idea what's going on in January 6th with the Brunson bros. Uh, Cash Patel was on uh, Nino's broadcast the other day and Nino brought it up to him. He's like, I-, I haven't heard of this. What is this? And so Cash was completely like oblivious to it. If Cash is oblivious to it, Trump doesn't know about it. And none of those people know about it, at least in my opinion. Mm. But mm. yeah, man, it's a uh, it, it's a shit show right now. We have the the economy going to shit. We have global... Another cyclone is headed towards California. Did you hear about this? No. A California, I think, just declared a state of emergency, if I'm, if I'm correct. Um, you have... Let me see here. Maybe I can find it real quick. Um, I have it in my news brief. Lauren Boebert. Don't care about that. Trudeau. Carrie Lake. Ukraine, Serbia, Russia, Vince Tagliavia. Um, it's got to be here somewhere. I had it. Well, I had it here, but now I don't. But California had basically just declared a state of emergency because there's a cyclone headed towards California. They have severe winter storms that are reaching into California. I mean, right now we've had the most snow in Minnesota that they've had in over a decade fall before this time frame so interesting you know why because right now at this time of the year my area should have about 72 inches of snow Mm -hmm. or 72 inches of snow should have fallen right that's on average right now we are at nine inches (laughs) (laughs) okay let that sink in nine inches no we had a shitload of rain so much rain that my my property actually just flooded in the front, and I had to go and pull leaves out of a culvert because they come from a hill, and they, it's a nightmare. That's actually where it was when you texted me. Um, so yeah, things are interesting, man. It's it's an you know it's an interesting time to be alive. Uh, you know, my son said to me 
he said, um, when is this all going to happen? When are these people going to get arrested? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Prepare yourself for never. It's going to require the action of the masses to come up together, to collaborate together, to work together, to take back this country. It's really, that's what's going to happen. And they're betting on that it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it seems like it's not, right? I mean, how does somebody like Schiff stay in Congress? How does somebody like Eric Swalwell stay in Congress? How does somebody like Pelosi stay in Congress? And I think the one thing that I've gained from this and realized is just how much power they really, really have. Mm-hmm. You know, as being a business owner, especially somebody that worked for people all of his life or almost all of his life, the hardest transition is going from an employee to a boss, right? To an owner, rather, because you care way more than an employee does. Right. But also how you treat people, all of these things, okay? And I think the hardest thing is is how people look at me. And it's not because I'm like, I'm like, you need to respect me, right? It's just naturally people that foul do. And it's incredibly weird. So I was up the road, I was doing a job and it's like a $700,000 house. I'm working on it. The homeowners got hurt. What I find out later is her sister-in-law at the house. And I come walking around the back corner and get ready to get in my truck. And we kind of cross paths and she's like, Excuse me, sir. Like, and I was like, you called me, sir. <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking to myself. And I didn't really realize that, like, she was being respectful because she knew I was the owner of the company doing work at the house. Right. right. And it's really, it's, I'm telling you, man, it's the strangest thing for me is going from this kind of mindset to this mindset. Right. And, and in some sense, I do have power, right? The power of all the decisions that happen within the company, for the most part. I have the decision of who gets hired, who gets fired, right? And so there's this degree of of respect that you get from people, just naturally. And it is weird. Fortunately for me, I don't think I'm a power-hungry kind of person, right? But I can see how that type of power especially when you've accumulated millions and millions of dollars and maybe some of it isn't ethical, like Mm -hmm. the politicians have, where that almost becomes a drug, right? Like how I talk about my backyard and my goats and my chickens. It is the same thing for them. More power, more power. My constituents, my, my slaves. Yeah, exactly. And they obviously have an incredible amount of power, more power than they should, Mm -hmm. right? And simply put, Honestly, they have no power because they work for us. All 360 million of us. That's who they work for. And you know who their boss is? Us. You know who the cops that patrol our streets, you know who their boss is? Us. Not his chief, not the mayor, not any of those people. Us. And people need to start to realize that we've got the power. I know you're not crazy about Long Island audits and shit where they walk around and they're videotaping and and doing all of that. But I'm telling you, there's a certain amount of of knowledge that comes from that. 
And if oh, you yeah. could just take away and understand what your rights are, freedom of press, freedom of speech, you understand that, you know, that state's not an ID state. A cop can't just come up and be like, give me your ID. Like, you what I do, right? Yeah. These are things you should know. These are the things you should be taught in school. Because you know what? That cop works for you. You know, that cop works for making sure you're safe. Not that, you know, not that he's looking for a crime you committed. Right. He's he's looking for a crime before you even committed it, you know, or he wants to know if you're wanted. Well, it doesn't work that way. Plain and simple. It's uh No, you're absolutely right. And, and that's the that's the thing is people have forgotten People didn't use their freedoms and they lost them. People yeah. didn't use their authority and they lost it. And it and that's the current state of the world is it's time to take back that authority. And you talked about this earlier when you're talking about the diamond versus the hourglass when it comes to the middle class. The middle class is that check and balances system within the society of a citizenry that basically keeps those politicians in balance because they make up the blunt of the voter doctrine. But here's the thing is when that switches – when that switches and you have the majority of the poor people who become that that voter base, now they're going to vote for free things. Now they're going to vote for subsidies. Now they're going to vote for welfare. They're going to uh, they're going to vote for things where they don't have to do much and the government just gives them handouts. That's the truth in the matter. Unfortunate as it is. Big time walk said that good. If one seeks to be in charge, they are usually a bad leader. A good leader does it because it's needed. Not because they want it. That's, that's it. Point, you know, and I, that's a great point. I like that. Um, it, it's uh, so oh. that whole thing with what's going on right now in Congress yep. is, you know, like I had asked the question earlier tonight before you asked me to come on, like, what is the outcome if they can't decide? What happens? Right. What happens? Does anybody even know? I think that he, so I think it was supposed to be three times on the ballot and then he's removed from the ballot. Okay. But I think they've already gone to, they're on their like fifth ballot. So they changed the house rules to accommodate that. And you know what? I think it's incredibly arrogant that he already moved into the speaker's office. Yeah. Did you see what Matt Getz did? Yes. Sent a letter to the Capitol architect telling you got a squatter in there. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny, right? you know, once again, here's this guy who thinks I deserve this power. Yeah. You, you do, you know, and I'm happy that those 20 people are holding out confused, but happy because I don't really know if I trust him. You know, I'd well, I definitely don't trust him. Else. But, you know, the perspective that's gave, gave the rest of the country. Go out there and look at every other politician, political pundit on the right that are coming out saying this is an atrocity. These people are treasonous. Dan Crenshaw calling them the enemies. Um, you even Donald Trump like stop this nonsense. Did you see what Donald Trump said today? And look, I don't. I love Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump's great. But when he said this today, I was like, what the fuck? Like seriously? So he said. Um, what is it? I think I think it's this one. 
He said, I've always supported Byron Donald and have consistently endorsed him for Congress. And in fact, I feel I was the primary reason he entered politics in the first place. He is a young man with a great future. With that all being said, the story in the statement that was just put out that I endorse Byron for speaker is completely fake and fraudulent. He will have his day at a big one, but not now. Dude, who the What? How do you know? What if people change his vote and they vote for him? He, he said, and not now. He's making a statement. He's saying, no, we're not voting for you. I mean, I understand Donald Trump controls a certain level of Congress here. Okay. Obviously, he controls way more than what we might have thought. I think he's this, playing both sides, is, quite honestly. I think that this, I, this whole. I wish I could figure it all out. I think that this mutiny of the 20 is because of him. And that's why he endorsed McCarthy. Because he was playing this 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 side, but what he just said there, there, this will, you'll have a big one in the future, but not now. I mean, th- that's kind of how American politics are. Look at Mike Huckabee coming out there, going, "This is nonsense. You all got to work to get along, and this is an embarrassment. And you need to you need to vote for McCarthy." No, people will vote for who they want. This is a representative republic. This is the point to come out there, have these discussions, to to get all this information out there and say, hey, this is the kind of country that we want to have and this is how we want to run it. Not going out there and just acquiescing to the power because if one dude's got you know a big fucking head and moved his shit into the office, it's not how it works. And so I, I agree with the 20 people who are doing this, but I think Trump is the one who did it to negotiate the back end to make sure that Trump candidates, MAGA candidates, win in 2024. It's the only thing that makes sense. Because none of it makes sense. You're right, because right, none of it makes sense. I, exactly. McCarthy, I don't know. I'm telling them to vote for you. What more can I do? <laughs> yeah. Keep holding out, you bastards. Yeah, keep holding out, you bastards. Negotiate more. McCarthy, I don't get it, man. Like, putting out all these messages. Everybody, vote for McCarthy. Keep on holding out. Go go, yeah. go for Byron this time. Scrub yeah. Jim, uh, Jim, um, Jim Jordan. Go for Byron this time. I, I think it is. I think that's what he's doing. It makes absolutely... Because you know what you're also seeing? You're seeing the colors of the people. MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Dan Crenshaw... These people turned nasty against the rest of the Republicans because they were holding out on this. And you're seeing who the sycophants are in Congress who just follow that power around. <sighs> I know people out there like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I, I don't, I never have. I, I, I always kind of looked at her, eh, not my favorite. You know, and, and then when it came out that she was, you know, where she was sleeping with two of her personal trainers and all this other, yeah, I don't know. She's got issues. But she's misrepresenting herself. I think that's that's disingenuous. Power, yeah. Power does amazing things to people. It definitely does. You know, money and power. You know, I saw something interesting that Casio uh, Cortez is like worth like thirty million now. What? Yeah. You gotta be kidding. 30, nope, thirty million. How is she worth that much money? You know, four years ago she's making hundred and forty thousand. Two years ago. Two, two years ago, she couldn't afford an apartment in D.C. when she became elected. Yeah. Now she's worth $30 million. Let that sink in. Let that I, I want to go to Congress. Me too. <laughs> I still want to play on that side of the fence. Yeah. You know? Um, it, so I, I guess we're just going to have to let this one play out. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I will say... I have you seen that you get attacked by a lot more left 
on Twitter. So they changed the algorithm. So actually they freed up the algorithm. So basically what it is, is the, the tweets are more diversified now. So a tweet goes out. It's not just going towards um, like the algorithm does test beds. So it'll send you out to politically um, oppositions, political oppositions, uh, social oppositions and stuff like that to, to produce more engagement. It's actually pretty ingenious. Yeah. So I had posted something, which I never said that it was about the uh, Bills player that got hurt. And I mm -hmm. never said that anything about the clot shot or anything else, more or less is what I said on the show today. Why do you think the NFL reacted the way they did? And what's different from these injuries, right? Because all those in injuries are very dramatic. Now, do I think in the back of my head it's the clot shot? Yeah. Was I looking for that answer? Yeah. But I was also looking for the internet, social media, and the couch quarterback. Because no matter what the NFL did, they were screwed. Especially with Tua. When Tua got hurt a couple times, mm -hmm. he got that second concussion this year. I mean, when he got the first concussion, they put him back in the game. Like, those coaches got murdered by social media. And so, you know, social media is a big part of how corporations and also... Um, sports networks are going to react in, in what they're going to do. And I think what people need to realize is how influential we really are again, once again. You know, if a corporation does something or endorses something, then we need to bash them, especially on Twitter, because they have changed the algorithm, the algorithms, right? So once again, if what Josh is saying is true, and we unite as a front and confront that corporation or, con or confront that sports entity, we have a voice. Mm -hmm. It's a powerful voice. And if you get that trending, media can't ignore it. They have to report on it. They have to say, you know, oh, you know, this many Twitter users are bashing so-and-so. We're bashing this corporation. And, and I think that's what Elon has done. He's just trying to show you that you need to use it that yep. way. That that right. the game was rigged and now it's not, at least on that platform, and that you can speak your mind. You can go out there and say, hey, these people got a bad... Did, did you see this new Twitter files that came out with Adam Schiff? So Adam Schiff was basically the 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 head of the, the, uh, the House Intelligence Committee was mm -hmm. petitioning Congress to basically suspend over 250,000... Um, users, a whole bunch of people, Paul Sperry, journalists, everything like that, because he didn't like what they were saying. And in the back end, you had his chief of staff actually contacting Twitter to, to, to basically suspend these users because they were basically what he claimed is producing false information on him. Well, guess what? That's our right. We have as, as much right to go out there and put information out about you as you do to lie in front of Congress with absolute impunity. I, I, it, and he was trying to... He was quite literally right there, shown right on the Twitter files yesterday, that he was in violation of their First Amendment right for American citizens. And this guy should be freaking brought into court. An investigation should happen, and he should be tried and convicted for it. Absolutely ridiculous. And he's not the only one. It was the Trump administration was doing the same thing, man. Mm -hmm. I agree. When you hear that Trump was, you know, but they're but they're the ones crying foul. You're kind of like, well, bro, you were using the same thing to your advantage. They just weren't letting you use it to your advantage, right? right? You know, 
I, you know, I, I still can't believe people do not know about Hunter Biden's laptop. Do you know that? People are like, what are you talking about, laptop? Oh, you know the one with all the kitty porn on it? All of him smoking crack? Oh, that's just Russian. That, that's fake. It's not real. Oh, no. It, you know, people don't fucking get it. And it's like, you know, that's nope. Twitter's fault. You know, that's Facebook's fault. That people don't know that this thing is real. That people still think that Trump colluded with Russia. In some way, he probably did. My suspect, or I suspect, is the reason they put those two correlations together is they blocked Hillary Clinton from winning by yep. not letting her cheat. You know, so in some sense, he probably did collude with Russia, but only for the betterment of mankind, for fuck's sake. Yeah, in, in, in Russia, didn't nobody cheated. They stopped the cheating from actually happening. Right. Yep. That's what, I mean, think about it. How do you give, I guarantee 100% Trump won't win. How many people said that? Who is going to actually say that? I might say there's a 60-40 chance Trump could lose or win, right? Yep. That could go either way. America seems to be doing Well, it's this. like all these doctors coming out saying, I'm 100% positive it wasn't the vaccine that had anything to do with his heart attack on the field. How do you know? Well, you can't that say be that. would liable for jabbing 100 million people. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, God. I do not want this liability. Well, everybody's saying you need to come back on more often, dude. Oh, yeah. Yep. So we're going to have to get you back on, come on more often, but appreciate you coming by and stopping in, and I appreciate the conversation. And just so everybody out there knows, hashtag vaccine death is trending on Twitter. Ooh. Yep. 1,700% in cardiac arrest in athletes from Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Like I said, you know they put a gag order on all both teams? Not oh, yeah, on both teams, not to talk about it. Yep. And so, but but everybody can support him and pray for him, but don't talk about it. Yep. Like I said, the harsh reality was they knew that every one of them knew that could have been them because of the reason why he's down, which is the cloud shot. You know, he's a... He is a world-class athlete playing a sport that only 1% of the – he's 1% of the 1% mm-hmm. that are, you know, that good to play that caliber of football. Let that sink in. And they get regular heart monitoring. Um, their their vitals are taken all the time. They're, they're in optimal health. This is not right. normal. So, yeah, man. We'll see then. You know, after this next weekend, we're really going to see because I bet you this next weekend we're going to see some shit. I bet someone else is going to have a problem on the field. I just have a feeling. Well, I think somebody's going to speak up. I think it's going to happen. Somebody's going to break. Somebody's going to be yep. like, fuck this. I'm coming out. You know, there is that guy. He's an ex NFL player, Johnson. I'm trying to think of his first name. Uh, I think he used to be a Cincinnati Bengal. Mm-hmm. And he actually says that, like, they'll the NFL tries to invite him. Now, some people say he's got some mental problems, but he's like, you know, what they do is they invite you out for an award and then they get you by yourself and then they whack you, you know, hmm. you, you had a heart attack or you drank too much, you know, you got all wasted and ended up dying of an alcohol poisoning. He's like, that's what they do to you. They kill you. He's like, so when they call me up and they're like, hey, we want to give you an award. He's like, no. Yeah, fuck your reward. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what he says. And then he'll start naming names of people they've done it to. Wow. And so, yeah, and you know, you know, 
I think you know that John Cena did the ESPYS. I saw that. And he goes, isn't it funny that roast? they, mm-hmm. yeah, isn't it funny that they had a guy from a fake sport up here hosting, well, I guess you guys are all getting the hint, fake sports. <laughs> yep. It's all fake. It's yeah, all scripted. Then he, in, then he goes into the whole thing about how, you know, you guys couldn't possibly be fake like the WWE. Yeah. You know, because you guys don't have a character like Vince McMahon, right? And then he goes into this little tirade about Vince McMahon. And then all of a sudden he kicks to the NFL commissioner. What the hell is his name? Tagler. What the hell is his name? It's not Vince's name. Vince McMahon? No, no. What's uh, the NFL's commissioner's name? Oh, I don't know. But he, and then he points to him and he's like, oh. You know, I do think the NFL is rigged. Not maybe every play. What I mean by that is it's controlled by the refs. At any given point, let's say you're down three points, there's two minutes left, you're at your 20-yard line, uh, it's third and 20, you throw a deep pass downfield, and, you know, oh, you just take the flag out and yeah. throw it. You're going to miss this, this one, buddy. Yep. Uh, okay. Or, no, yeah, or pass interference, right? You can call pass interference and holding any given time. Yeah. Right, and if you can call those, well, I think the calls. players are in on it too. I mean, dude, the majority of these players have gambling problems and are looking to make money for the rest of their life. And I mean, if you were the star wide receiver for the top football team on the planet, and there is thirty to one odds that the you know the thirty to one odds that the the underdog wins, and you went out there through your cousin or an alias and put bets on it, and the winning touchdown was sent to you and you miss. Easy. And guess what? Now take that a step up higher to the globalists, to the elitists, to the owners of the teams, to the owners of the NFL, and you start to see the big picture that's being played out. Yeah. Yep. Wow, dude. Awesome show. Appreciate you come on, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Check us out on socialredpill.com. Thank you guys for all the donations tonight that did come in. D-Live, Pilled, and Rumble. Much love, respect. We'll be back with you tomorrow with another episode of The Daily Dose. Have a good night.